Welcome back to TanakhCast. This is episode 204. We'll continue in the book of Job with a brief summary of chapters 20 through 23 and follow with some thoughts about assuming the opposite is true. The orderly civilized debate between Eov and his friends continues in this week's portion, concluding a second full round of arguments in chapter 21 before beginning the third in chapter 22. This time, so far the Namatite is up, and like his friends before him, his rhetoric will focus on the fate of the wicked person. But not before he responds to Eov's attacks on his character, quote, I have heard the reproof to my shame, and a spirit from my mind lets me answer. And his response to Eov's questioning about the fate of the wicked is to swap out the question marks and replace them with exclamation points, and to frame this confident rejoinder by employing the ad populum fallacy, quote, This have you known of old, from when man was set upon the earth. In other words, everyone knows what I'm about to say is true, and what Sofar asserts is not so different than what he's been saying all along. The wicked might seem to prosper, but they don't. Quote, The heavens will lay bare his crime, and earth will rise up against him. A torrent will take down his house, pouring out on the day of his wrath. And as much as it seems that Eov is merely reasserting his initial take, there are subtle variations. In chapter 21, for the first time, he understands why what he's saying is so shocking to his friends and how it shakes them to their core. He too is shaken, quote, and shuddering grips my flesh. But he cannot deny that the wicked prosper. They live whole lifetimes in security and prosperity, untouched by the divine hand of retribution. This is a feature of existence, not a bug. And if, on the off chance, a wicked person does get what's coming to him, why isn't it more readily apparent? If the world is a just place, it shouldn't be esoteric knowledge kept quietly by the few. It should be obvious to everyone. And by perpetuating this narrative that the world is just when it's clearly not, it sends a message. Regular people just won't get involved. What for? When standing up for justice and demanding the 1% pay for their crimes gets you nothing at best or crushed at worst, it's better to keep silent as the wicked are honored when they pass away at ripe old ages, surrounded by their massive wealth. Quote, who will tell to his face his way and for what he did? Who will pay him back? Eliphaz starts the third and final round in chapter 22. Since he showed up 20 chapters before to console his friend, his words have turned to what can only be described as caustic and accusatory. Quote, Why, your evil is great, and there is no end to your crimes. For you take pawn from your brother for naught, and strip the naked of their clothes. No water do you give to the famished, and from the hungry you hold back bread. And the strong-armed possesses the land, the privileged dwells upon it. Widows you send off empty-handed, and the arms of the orphans are crushed. And so, there are traps all around you. Sudden fear will strike you with terror, or darkness where you cannot see, and a spate of water will cover you. Eliphaz continues to assert that God sees everything, and all these claims of what does God know, what can God see through the clouds, is further proof of Eov's wickedness. But all is not lost. Quote, be accustomed to him, be at peace, and through this will your comings be blessed. Take, pray, from his mouth instruction, and set his utterances in your heart. 
in a word, repent, and God will surely forgive. But that's what God does. It seems like Eob's reply in chapter 23 comes in response to a different chapter because he doesn't address Eliphaz's wild accusations and call for repentance at all. Instead, he asks for a hearing, an opportunity to see his accuser and hash out the charges face to face. Quote, I would lay out my case before him and would fill my mouth with contentions. I would know the words that he answered me and would grasp what he said to me. With great power would he debate me? No, he alone would pay heed to me. There, the upright can contend with him. I would get away for all time from my judge. But God is nowhere to be found, and yet God knows where Eov is and where he's been and what he's done. Quote, For he knows the way with me, tests me. I come out as gold. To his steps my foot held fast. His way I kept, and I did not swerve. From his lips command I did not turn. In my bosom I stored his mouth's dictates. And the more Eov looks, the more his fear heightens and grows. God, though still hidden, is still omnipotent, unstoppable, and worst of all, unpredictable. Can I remind you all of something? It's something I forgot as well, but being reminded of it added another layer to the proceedings here. All of these orderly, civilized debates are happening immediately after Eov finishes sitting Shiva for his dead children. While Eov is sitting on the ground in sackcloth, his body covered in painful boils, while he scratches them with a broken pot shard. He has been through three rounds of reposts and condemnations while physically in pain and still emotionally devastated by loss after loss after loss. This is the last we will hear from so far. And how does he go out? But at least he didn't go out like a punk with a wild manifesto about how the wicked are punished. And yes, even though it seems the wicked are riding high, living large in their big safe houses with 15 golden toilets and a servant staff of dozens, they will eventually get theirs. Believe me. I said in episode 200 that the friends fall victim to the post hoc fallacy where they believe that all the wicked are punished, so Eov being punished must be wicked too. Believe me. But there's an additional fallacy that lurks beneath everything that the friends have been arguing since chapter 3. It's called the denying the antecedent fallacy, or the inverse error. Here's an example. If you're a bartender, then you have a job. You are not a bartender, therefore you have no job. No! Norman? The friends have explicitly said that if you are wicked, then you are punished. Could we therefore assume that if you are not wicked, you must be rewarded? The phrase or formula commonly used in reference to this theological debate in the book of Job is tzaddik veralo, rasha vitovlo, or the righteous suffer and the wicked prosper. The friends are all about the wicked not prospering. Well, who then does prosper? If you ask the friends, I'm sure they'd say, well, righteous people, of course, but they never mention it. One could say that they would probably have mentioned it had they a person before them who was righteous, but they don't. Eov was righteous, but now they have a wicked person before them who finally got what he deserved. Allegedly. Or one could say that the friends are preoccupied with the part of that formula that galls them the most. Perhaps existence is to suffer, a burden we all must bear, but for the wicked to be somehow free of this burden is just too much. 
which would then make the whole second round of polite and civil discourse a total waste of breath because they're talking past each other. The friends fret about the fate of the wicked, and Eov decries his suffering and pleads for his day in court, tears probably pouring down his poxy face. And his friends just don't care. I imagine Sulfar finishing his screed, standing up, dusting himself off, and returning to his life without a second thought about Eov or his predicament. To me, that's a more terrible sight than seeing Eov reduced to a rumpled mess amidst the ashes. And the thing is, we're not done with him yet. If you like what you heard today, spread the word about Tanakhcast. Tell a friend about Tanakhcast over coffee. Send another friend an email or text, nothing fancy. Help your aunt who just got her first smartphone to download a podcatcher and subscribe to Tanakhcast. And if you have a spare moment after all that, write a brief glowing review at Apple Podcasts. Apparently, it helps people who might be interested in a little Bible learning five this podcast, and it's also a nice thing to do. If you want to help in an even bigger way, support us at Patreon. Just search for TanakhCast at Patreon.com and pledge your shekels either on a one-time or monthly basis and receive special blessings from the Most High. I thank you in advance for that and encourage you to join us again in two weeks for episode 205 when we continue in the book of Job with chapters 24 through 27. 